good evening. Thank you for being here this evening. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship, and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, we need to hear from you tonight. And Lord, we ask, uh, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what page? Uh, page number 38 138 
good singing. Let's take this opportunity and welcome one another to the services tonight. Well, I do appreciate you being here this evening. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, again, the book of Philippians, and uh, do appreciate all those that were able to come out this evening, and uh, uh, a lot better weather than we've had in the last few days, and tomorrow's going to even be nicer, uh, but it is Indiana, so uh, one man said, if you don't like the weather, just wait, it'll change in a day or two, so uh, that's exactly what it does. All right, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, chapter number 1, verse 27 through 30 this evening. And uh, let's go ahead and read verse 27. It says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. 
For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which ye shall, you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of Philippians, how you, uh, we can rejoice in the book of Philippians and how you bring so much joy to us. Lord, in this challenge tonight, how we need to increase in our uh, sanctification, increase in our walk with you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each heart. And Lord, that we would draw just a little bit closer to you tonight than we were before. Lord, again, thank you. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. It is a Christian's responsibility to become more and more like Christ. God, that's God's intention for us is not to be stagnant Christians, not to be baby Christians, but to continue to grow uh, in every area of our lives. And now this may seem lofty, a lofty goal, but it is possible through the power of the Lord Jesus working in us. The Bible teaches us, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says, ye are, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Many religions and uh, uh, philosophies focus on changing the outside of man, but Christ is... Uh, Christ in us enables us to change from the inside out. And uh, when Christ indwells us uh, and his presence is understood and obeyed, the outside will soon conform uh, to the will, his will as, as uh, he would desire. Uh, I heard people that I've testified to and talked to and witnessed to that they said, you know, I've got to do this first before I can become a Christian. I've got to, uh, I, I've got to, um, you know, clean up my life. I've got to quit doing this and I've got to quit doing that. And I try to get them to focus on the fact that, hey, get saved and let God work from the inside and work His way on the outside. I've seen people that have, you would never believe they were Christians when they first got saved, uh, had long hair and, you know, just, uh, just did not look the part of a Christian. Uh, but then uh, after a few months, Lord dealing with them. After some time, Lord deals with them, and they next thing you know, they they look presentable. They look great, you know. And they uh, they don't have long hair anymore, and they I always call them long hair hippies. But uh, I used to be like that when I was a teenager. I had long hair, and uh, and Lord saved me and showed me that uh, I needed to uh, look more presentable there. Anyways, an increasing godliness ought to be the desire of every Christian. It should be your desire to, to uh, be more like Christ. You see, it is possible to be godly in such a, a wicked world. Did you realize that? We can be. You know, can God really change a person who is dominated by his old sinful flesh? Can God change a person? I believe he can. The Bible says that he, whenever he uh, saves us, he makes all things new. And so if we would understand that the power that is available to us, if we would just yield to the Holy Spirit, if we would just yield to him. The Christian life is one of the continuous action. We're continually to be growing in Christ. It'd be nice if uh, once we got saved, that old sinful flesh never flared its ugly head anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? But the fact of the matter is, is that it still happens. We still struggle with the old flesh. And um, the Bible says, uh, 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has called us to walk in his ways. Uh, I love that children's song that goes, he's still working on me. You know it? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the sun and the moon and the stars. And uh, um, how loving and faithful he must be because he's still working on me. And that's what God's doing in our lives. As Christians, God's still working on us. I don't care if some of you have been saved 50 years. God's still working on you. And you're not going to get to that place of perfection until you get to heaven. And I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to get, look at some practical areas today where God desires for us to increase, be more like Christ. Number one, we need to be more Christ like in our conduct. In our conduct. Look there in verse 27. It says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. And that whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It is through our conduct that people most often know us and judge us to be who we are. You know, it's our actions, the way we walk, our Christian walk. Conduct reveals content, uh, whatever it is in us, will soon be apparent on the outside of our lives. You know, whatever's important to us. And our testimony on the outside will cause people to be drawn to Christ or will cause people to uh, go away from Christ. You know, I've said this many times that we're the only Bibles that some people read. And if, if we're given a bad testimony and bad tasting in other people's mouths, why would they want to become Christians? But in our conduct, we need to become more Christ-like. Peter was a bit discouraged as he... Uh, as he was, uh, he thought about how he had left and followed Christ, and he thought, uh, you know, he was discouraged. You know, what should we do? The Bible says there uh, in Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-eight, it says, "Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee." And Jesus answered and said, uh, "Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, nor brother, nor sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels, but." He shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. You see, I see it's a complete regeneration there. Verse 27, the first part, it says, Only let your conversation be which... Only let your conversation... God not only saves our soul, but He saves our life. It's a complete thing. You know, we are new creatures, not just on Sundays while we sit in church, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday when we're at work and we're in the shopping place. See, when we got saved, we got saved completely. It's a complete regeneration. But then also it's a compelling reflection. It's a compelling reflection. You know, when the Lord saved us, Look there in verse 27, it says, Be as it becometh the gospel, as it becometh. It's, uh, as a Christian, I'm glad that we don't have to try to generate or produce goodness you know, and holiness in ourselves. We simply are to reflect the goodness and the holiness of God. I love what the Bible says about John the Baptist there in John 1. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for our witness to bear witness of the light 
that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. John the Baptist was different than any other other priest or the Levite had ever seen before. And they asked him they, who he was, and this is what he said in verse 19 of chapter 1. He says, and this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That, he, that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Now, whenever I think about our role as Christians in the world, I think of the moon. You know, in Genesis 1.16 it says, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. When the Son, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, was here on this planet, His light shone through. And wherever He went, however, when He ascended back to heaven after His death and burial and His resurrection, the earth once again returned to darkness. But He leaves us Christians here to be a reflection of that light. Just like the sun, uh, the moon has, did you know this, that the moon has no light in itself? It reflects the light from the sun. And that's exactly what we are. We have no light within ourselves. As a as, uh, lost person, there's no light. It's darkness. But when we get saved, the light of Jesus Christ shines through us. We're just like the moon. And I, I thought that was, I read that somewhere and I thought it was really good. God commands us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ephesians 5, 8, for, we, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. God has called us to, to let our light so shine, to be reflections of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to increase and becoming more and more like Christ. But then I see it's a consistent righteousness. The Bible says that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. It's not just a, hey, if I'm here, then uh, things are, uh, everything's going great. But he's saying that not only as I'm here, but when I'm apart, I'm away from you. I want to hear that you're still continuing in the work of the Lord. Why? Because he wants them to be faithful. When I worked at Great Dane, I remember a time when the boss was out of the office and all the, you know, they say when the cat's away, the mice will play. And I remember times when the, the, one of the guys said, oh, the, the boss is back. And everybody scurried around, hurried up and tried to get busy and uh, to conduct themselves in a, the right way while the boss comes back. You know, I believe the Bible teaches us that whether we're absent or present with him, that we need to be pleasing in His sight. It's not just something, well, on church Sundays, where, okay, let's be pleasing in God's sight. It's church day, so it's God's day. No, it's Monday through Sunday, and then we're to be Christ-like. We're to let our light so shine. Then number two, I want you to notice, we need to be more Christ-like 
and cooperation. Look there in verse 27. It says, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know, I love how God uses these terms uh, here in the, the book of Acts. Uh, he uses terms as multiplication, mathematical terms. He says there in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the selfsame day. They were added, added unto them 3,000 souls. God does adding and multiplying. And, uh, but you know what the devil does? He does subtraction and dividing. And what we need to do is we need to be, as a church, we need to be working together in one accord. We need to be striving together. There should be, uh, you know, one mind and one singleness of heart. There should be a oneness in our attitude. There in uh, uh, Philippians one twenty seven says that you stand fast in one spirit. In our attitude needs to be uh, the same, one spirit. And diverseness uh, uh, always starts in the attitude rather than in the actions. Our spirit is so important because our attitude affects our entire being. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. While, he can, while we can hide bad uh, spirit for a while, sooner or later it's going to come out. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And... Uh, uh, there's a word in Acts chapter 24, verse 16. It says, And here, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense toward God and toward men. That word exercise is a word that we get the word gymnasium. When I was a kid, I remember, man, I loved exercising. Well, not so much exercising, but I loved going to gym class because we would play basketball and we'd play kickball and we'd play wolf ball and we'd play all these games that involved exercise. And when I got older, I realized that exercise is just plain work. It's just plain work. And uh, work is, is uh, and we have to work constantly at being right in our attitude. It's not just something that just comes to us. We've got to continue to work on that. It's, it's exercising. That's what that word means, to exercise, to work at it. And not just towards God, but towards people. Then not only a oneness of attitude, but a oneness in agenda. Look there, it says, with one mind. Now, strife comes into a family or in a church when agendas clash. You'll have someone, okay, well, I think we ought to do this, and I think we ought to do this, and then it clashes. But God's saying, hey, let's have a oneness in our agenda what is our agenda? Well, it should be to be pleasing in His sight, to see souls saved and people reached. And that should be our agenda. And that should be our heart attitude towards, hey, it, it, what it all boils down to is that we work in unity and one agenda and one attitude, but then also in one aim. So striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul was frustrated at the church of Corinth uh, uh, there uh, because of their lack of unity. Everybody there, and if you study out the book of Corinthians, it's, uh, everybody was puffed up with pride, puffed up within their own selves. And uh, when you have pride involved, I'm telling you, it's, it, it will kill unity. Because someone thinks they're better, they have, their ways are better, their ideas are better. And God's saying, hey, let's not have that. Let's have a oneness in our aim. 
There in 1 Corinthians 3.3 it says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He goes on to say, One plants, one waters, but God giveth the increase. He says, We're labors together with God. We're co-labors together with God. Hey, there isn't any big I's and little U's. We're in, we're in unity. One aim, seeing people saved. That should be our goal. As That should be our mission as a Putnamville Baptist Church, to see people saved and to see people grow in Christ. See, how sad when God's people live in a carnal and fleshly state doing their own thing and their own ideas instead of allowing God to create uh, uh, unity uh, in the church. Together, everyone achieves more. But then, I want you to notice... We need to be Christ-like in conflict. No one enjoys problems. I don't think anybody in here does. But we should do our best to avoid conflicts in life. As Christians, however, we have an enemy. And the moment we get saved, Satan plants a huge target on your back. And he wants to destroy you. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan, hey, listen, you are in the crosshairs of Satan, and he wants to destroy you. If he can't be saved, or if he can't stop you from salvation, he wants to stop you from living for Christ and being an effective tool in the hands of the potter. Notice what Paul says. He says in 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that in the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you are, have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. Because we are identified with Christ, we are going to inherit some trials. There's going to be troubles, but we need to do it Christ-like. We need to be Christ-like in our conflict. And you see, the, I want you to notice the failures, failures of Satan. There in Philippians 1.28 says, And nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition. While Satan is powerful being and not to be underestimated, God says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. They, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Our theme this year, uh, looking unto the hills. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Our help cometh from the Lord. You see, when Christ died on the cross, he conquered sin, Satan, and hell, and death forever. The Bible says, For as much as, uh, then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power over, of death, that is the devil. You see, church, we need to realize that the devil is a defeated foe. Why do we allow him to have so much power in our lives? He's a defeated foe. The Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Listen, he's going to get his due reward. 
This is why when we identify with Christ and claim his power, we can have victory over sin and hell. Folks, we need to claim that. There's so many Christians walk around defeated and discouraged today. Why? Because they're not claiming the power of the Lord. They're not claiming, hey, Lord, with your power, I can do this. Miss Myers' life verse there is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Not, I can do all things, period. No, I can do all things through Christ. And that's the key there. I want you to notice also the freedom of salvation. The Bible says there in verse 28, but, but to you of salvation and that of God. Whenever you become under the pressure of Satan, meditate on the presence of the Savior. Because let, let me tell you, Satan's after you. We don't need to be meditating on what, God, what Satan's doing in our life. We need to meditate on the presence of God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. There's freedom of salvation. The Bible says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. When pressures and trials increase... We may feel like God has forsaken us, but God has promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. God would promise that. Salvation frees us from the grip of Satan and the sin that destroys us. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free or make you free. Listen, we're free. Don't let, don't let sin and Satan bind us up. Look to the Savior. But then I want you to know the fraternity of suffering. There in verse 29 it says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Let me ask you, anyone in here going through a trial? Some of us? I just heard Miss um, Virginia's sister passed away, and I'll... Uh, she was saved, so we rejoice in that. But that's, it's still tough. Brother Ed's brother is not doing so well. He's, he's not doing well at all. Now I can think of just different folks in here going through different things and the trials. But can I tell you this? You're in good company. You're in good company. If you're a Christian... Folks, we're gonna, one thing we're promised is tribulation and trials. And you're in good company because it doesn't just come to, uh, uh, just to you, but the Apostle Paul, it came to him there in 1 Peter 1, 7. It says that the trials of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, that, that through, uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Again, in chapter 4, the Bible says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in as much as you partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye shall, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. God says, hey, you're going to have trials, folks. It's going to happen. It's coming. If you're not, and one man says, if you're not in the valley... Uh, you're getting ready to go. Uh, you're coming out of the valley, getting ready to go into another valley. 
And that's just the way it is in the Christian life. We're not promised a bed of roses. We're just promised that God would be there with us through it, through it all. We're promised that we're going to have problems and troubles and trials. See, it is through these trials of life that we learn to depend on God and tap into His power. We never really understand how desperately we need Him until He is all that we have. It is through these times that God increases our strength with His grace and His power. Paul explains it this way in 2 Corinthians 7, or 12, 7. It says this, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might partake, depart from me. And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul actually looked forward to the times that he suffered in his life because he knew that it was through these times that he would grow. Does anyone in here truly look forward to trials and suffering? I can't say that I go begging for him. God, give me another trial. I need another one here. I can't say that I do that. But I can say this, that through trials... I can tell you that God shines brightest during those trials. I, need, I realize I need Him even more. And no matter what you're facing tonight, I know that there's different situations among different people here. And I tell you, just keep your eyes on Him. Keep looking to Him. You'll hear that theme throughout this year because I think what happens in the Christian life is that we start looking at our surroundings. Start looking at the situation. Start looking at things. Hey, this is overwhelming me. And it will overwhelm you. It will overtake you if we get our eyes off the Savior. So the challenge tonight is that we need to become more Christ-like. We need to become more like Him. And so I challenge you tonight. challenge you tonight not to look at yourself, but look to Him as our example. Lord, what would thou have me to do? How can I become more like you in 2018? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As you're thinking about this, ask yourself this. You don't have to answer, but ask yourself this. Are you more like Christ today than you were last week? You say, well, that's, that's hard to really tell. How about this? Are you more like Christ today than you were a year from today? If you're not, can I tell you, you're not growing. You're not drawing closer to Him. You're not increasing to become more like Him. You say, how, how do I, what do I do? We need to draw nigh to Him and He'll draw nigh to you. You need to make those things that are important, important again. Back in your Bible reading, you say, Pastor, it's always the basics. That's what we have to conquer. It's the basics our Bible reading, our prayer life, our walk with Him, our witness. That's how we become more like the Savior. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank You for Your love, and Your mercy, and Your grace. Lord, I pray that we would take this challenge tonight. Lord, that we would just become more like You in every area of our life. Not just in our uh, Sundays and our Wednesdays, our church uh, days. But Lord, every day of our week, Lord, that we would reflect you in our lives, that people would see our good works and glorify you. Lord, that 
people would want what we have. Help us to become more like you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm just going to ask you just to, if the Lord has dealt with your heart, I'm going to just ask you, you can stay at your seat tonight if you'd like, and you, the altar is always open, but ask yourself this, am I more like Christ today? If you're not, then I, I challenge you. Get before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. I'm going to become more Christ-like in my attitude, in my actions. Everything that I say and do, Lord, help me to become more like you. We're going to play through one more time as you're in an attitude of prayer. attitude of prayer would ask that you would pray for Miss Virginia and the family in this time of Miss Suzanne this time of bereavement her sister passed away today uh, early this morning would ask that you would pray for uh, bereavement during this time would ask again that you would pray for Buck uh, brother Ed says he's just he's just ready to go home and be with the Lord uh, both these uh, people have a testimony of salvation so we praise the Lord with that but would ask that you would just pray for as Buck is in his final days. Would ask that you would just uh, give him peace, give the family peace, and and uh, um, as he eases into uh, his new to be with the Lord. All right. Would ask also. Um, there's a couple ladies in our church that are dealing with a a family that are uh, need of salvation and just dealing with some other issues. So uh, I'm just going to ask that you would remember. Um, just remember that situation. I don't know how much liberty I have in saying a lot, but um, I'm going to ask you that you would pray for the situation. I know um, there's supposed to be a meeting tomorrow, and uh, so I would ask that you would pray for that. Uh, salvation is needed, and uh, there's a lot of needs there, so I would ask that you would remember, uh, remember that in your prayers. All right, someone else have a prayer request tonight, Miss Suzanne? John. Pray for John Baker. Uh, I wasn't aware Billy passed away. I'm sorry to hear that as well. Um, 
pray for the, this. This is, uh, it's heavy on the family. And I know my dad, he's still uh, struggling. Uh, his his um, brother passed away uh, right before, or his sister passed away right before uh, Thanksgiving. And then his brother passed away uh, just after Christmas. And then found out today, and would like for you to pray, his sister, the one probably he's closest to, had a heart attack today. And um, uh, her name is Pauline. She lives right next door to Lifeline. And uh, I guess she's doing well. Um, I'm going to visit her tomorrow. I didn't find out until like 3.30 today, so I didn't get a chance to go visit her. Uh, but I'm going to go visit her tomorrow. And uh, so you, you pray for Pauline Callen. Um, remember her. But pray for these folks that are going through such a, uh, such a heavy time. And uh, I, know that, I know that you will. Someone else got a prayer request? I see. Yeah, Miss Suzanne has an unspoken. Okay, anything else? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the, the privilege that we have to pray. Lord, that we can lift our petitions to you, knowing that you hear our prayers. Lord, and if we ask according to your will, you'll answer those. And Lord, we ask tonight, as there are so many that are in this time of bereavement, I think of Miss Suzanne and, and uh, Miss Virginia, and then also for John, as uh, they've lost um, family members in this short period of time. It's such a hard time uh, to go through this, but Lord, I pray that you would comfort them. Lord, that you would, uh, especially for John, as uh, uh, he requested prayer, and Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen him, give him peace as he's lost his brother and his dad and uh, then an aunt. And uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, just be with them and uh, strengthen them, strengthen their faith. Lord, I do ask that you be with uh, Buck as he's in his final days. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, that you would just comfort him as and uh, help his wife as they... Uh, Lord, as they uh, are going through these stages, and Lord, I pray that you would be with Brother Ed and uh, comfort him, give him peace as well, knowing that his brother's saved and that he's prepared to meet the Lord. Lord, I do think of uh, Miss Suzanne's unspoken. Lord, I pray that you would uh, meet in a, a marvelous way there and a miraculous way. Lord, I think of uh, my Aunt Pauline as she's in the hospital, had stents put in, and had a heart attack today, Lord, I pray that you would continue to give the doctors wisdom as they uh, work on her. Lord, I pray that you be with my dad as he's, uh, his closest sister just had this, and then his sister, other sister passed away, and his brother passed away. And Lord, it's just a, a really heavy time on him. Lord, I ask that you would comfort him. Lord, and for our church, I pray that we would grow in spirit, number one, but Lord, that you would help us to grow in uh, number and uh, then and grow in unity, Lord, that we are in one accord as we talked about tonight, in one mind. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, guide and direct. And there's a lot that are sick with the flu. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with those. And uh, Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, do appreciate you being here tonight. If you have an offering, you can just drop it in the plate. And uh, But also want to give you a reminder, this coming Sunday is our Vision Sunday. Of course, you've already seen our uh, uh, 
uh, our theme for the year, and uh, and uh, but also we'll have the booklets made out. So if there's been any changes, uh, please let me know this week. I'll be printing those. Um, I'll be printing those this week. So if there's any phone numbers or addresses or if you changed your birthday or whatever it is, or if I put it wrong in there, uh, let me know and uh, we'll get it. We'll get it taken care of. All right. I think that's all. Well, then there's. I got to announce this on Sunday, 21st. Uh, there's a business meeting, and uh, make sure you come for that. All right. I think that's all announcements. We'll all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here tonight. I don't take it for granted that you're here, and uh, so we're going to close in a word of prayer. Uh, Brother Phil, sir, would you close us in a word of prayer, sir? Come to your church, come together and worship you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message that you've given us this evening. Heavenly Father, we also pray that you be with all these prayer concerns that have been mentioned tonight. And Lord, there's others, there's many others in our community that are suffering from various illnesses and losses. We just pray that you'd be with them. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray that you guide and direct us and help us to understand your will. Be with us through this coming week. In Jesus' name we pray.